Welcome to the Swim Strong Dry Land podcast. We are dedicated to inspiring and educating the swimming world. Our podcast highlights the work, character, and achievements in and around the Swim Strong community. I'm excited to welcome Coach Nico Fantakis from Brown University. And we are going to jump right into the rapid fire questions. So before we get to know you a little bit, are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Let's get it. So first off, what would be your walkout song? I'd go with Headlines by Drake. Okay. Drake fan. How about, do you have a hidden talent that people don't know about? I don't know if it's a talent, but I have a, a decent handstand uh, at this okay. point still. Don't break it out too often, but I can can get up on one. Yeah. That's impressive. All right. Yeah. Your swimmers got to ask you to do that on deck now when they see this. <laughs> what would you be doing as a career if you weren't a coach? I would have been running my family's pizza place. Okay. Yeah. What was the name of your stuffed animal when you were a kid? It was Bingo. Bingo. What what type of animal was Bingo? Uh, a stuffed border collie, a little yes. dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. If you could be in a movie with any star, who would it be? Probably Matthew McConaughey. Okay. It's in every car commercial that exists, I think, too. Lastly, what is your favorite food or meal to eat on swim meet weekends? My favorite, and we've started doing it as a team, is Mediterranean bowls. Like anywhere, every city we go to, we find a place with the, the best Mediterranean bowls and you make your own. That's awesome. Good yeah. picks. All right, we're going to go ahead and jump into some of the main topics. And first of all, thank you again for being on here. Really excited to get to talk with you and want to hear first about if you could share a little bit about your background, your journey into college coaching and how you ended up at Brown in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Eric. And, you know, my journey with swimming started um, in Western Massachusetts. That's where I, I grew up learning how to swim and, and was just kind of always around the water. Both of my parents loved uh, being at pools, at the beach. So it was always a, a big part of, of my um, you know, growing up as a kid. Um, you know, getting into swimming, uh, before I joined a team, I was very adamant about finishing swimming lessons and getting to be a flying fish, uh, before I, I joined a team. Uh, so I went through a, a progression at the Y near my house to, to get to that point and, um, yeah, just fell in love with it. You know, um, getting to be around the water in, uh, the cold winters in New England was something I, I really took to. Um, so kind of stuck with it through, through high school and into college. Um, and coaching had always been, um, something on my mind as an athlete. I was definitely the, the athlete who overthought a lot of things and, and consumed whatever media was online at the time. Um, you know, so for me, it was always something I, I had thought about, but it never really, um, seemed practical. Um, thinking about, uh, making a living and trying to support myself. My coach would always kind of encourage me to, to go into the, the econ business world that I was thinking about. So at one point I was kind of leaning towards, I'll, I'll go into business for a few years. I'll make a lot of money. I'll build a pool and then I'll go into coaching. Okay. Um, and when push came to shove, I, I couldn't wait that long. I, I needed <laughs> to stay around the pool and be on deck. Um, so I actually transitioned uh, my senior year of college uh, from swimming to coaching. Um, so my undergrad experience 
um, my college that I went to um, had a pretty unique uh, program where they would fund an internship for you um, if you went through a series of seminars and, and met with you know the the career counselors they would give you funding for a, a summer internship um, where you could basically find someone who would let you work uh, for free um, and you would have you know money for your living expenses um, so I sent a bunch of emails at that point um, asking you know coaches if hey can I come down for few months this summer and, and kind of get my feet wet with coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't hear back from many folks, um, but my club coach um, who I had swum with through high school had um, reached out on my behalf to uh, Dan Colella, who was the head coach at Duke okay. at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and Dan was, was happy to have some, some free help for the summer. Um, so I got down there right when school wrapped up the end of May, beginning of June. And, and got to spend the summer in North Carolina, um, just kind of shadowing um, the group that they had there for the summer, um, going to sectionals and nationals that summer. Um, so kind of got to see, um, you know, how things worked on that end for the first time um, in between my junior and senior year. Um, when I went back to campus to start my senior year, um, had every intention of, of swimming at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the way college coaching works, sometimes, you know, people have to leave late in the season or late in the summer um, for a new position. And that was uh, something we ran into. So we were a um, combined program uh, with one head coach, with one coach, okay. and it was just the head coach. Um, so at that point, trying to figure out, all right, how do I have the, the greatest you know, benefit to the program, to the team? Yeah. Um, you know, at that point, knowing what I wanted to do, it made sense, um, you know, after talking it through with my my head coach and he was in support of it, that that he would let me be a student assistant that year and be, be our one assistant for that year. Cool. Um, so that was the, the first uh, season of getting into college coaching. Um, so I, you know, went through a, a fun year of getting to coach my peers. It was definitely a, a unique challenge that I've never kind of crossed <laughs> again. Um, but I think it set me up really well to kind of navigate, you know, working with people who are, are close in age to you. Um, mm-hmm. so after I graduated, you know, was looking around for a, a job that would bring in some money, um, did not get any, uh, luck that first year <laughs> out of, of finding someone who, who wanted to work together. Um, but Dan at Duke was, was very happy to have me back for the, uh, the same salary that the summer was. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that year I was volunteering, um, but at that point without having, um, the full, uh, coaching limit, I was able to be an assistant, uh, just to volunteer pay. Um, so I got to work a lot on recruiting. I was there, you know, for everything in addition to, uh, finding ways to make money that year. So mm-hmm. it was, um, lifeguarding probably about 30 hours, teaching okay. lessons about 10 hours. Um, and then, um, driving a lot of Lyft and Uber at night. Um, oh, wow. so, yeah. yeah, the triangle Raleigh Durham was a, a great area for it. So I was able to, to kind of piece things together that first year through a, a whole lot of different avenues along with working some swim camps. Um, and then year two, uh, down at Duke, they were able to add a part-time position that year. So it, uh, equaled out to exactly what I made, uh, with all my side hustles. So oh, I nice. got to stop driving, stop lifeguarding, but, uh, you know, had a year of, of being part-time there and then 
um, when the opportunity came up here at Brown, it had always uh, been a place on my, my list that I was excited about. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of seeing what our, our head coach Kate was doing with the program at that point. And um, yeah, we, uh, we hadn't met each other until I started interviewing and, um, you know, we really hit things off and, and connected on a lot of, um, you know, what we believe in and how we, you know, see swimming fitting into the, the greater picture. Um, yeah. So this now is the uh, the start of year six here at Brown. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. And that story is really cool. The amount of things that you did to get to the point where you are shows how much passion you have for what you're doing. Obviously, not many people would grind that hard and do that many side hustles and take volunteer positions. And um, I'm finding that theme uh, to be pretty regular in the college coaching world. If you really want to coach in college you have to make a lot of sacrifices and it's it's people don't realize all those behind the scenes stories about how you were doing late night uber and lift driving and lifeguarding and swim lessons and the coaching was uh the least of your income for a while if any at all and so i think that's really cool and talk a little bit about that transition to brown and now Mm -hmm. coaching the women's swimming and diving team at brown what what has that experience been like for you now going into year six? Yeah, definitely. So when I was looking around, um, figuring out if I wanted to make a move, I was you know, really happy where I was. Um, it was just trying to figure out, all right, where's a, a great fit? And I think for me, um, you know, one of the things that came up was, you know, what kind of impact do I want to have on a program? And, and being, um, you know, at that point, one of two coaches on the swim side, I knew I would, you know, have a lot more of my, my imprint on things and, you know, a lot more influence on, on where a program was heading. And I knew at that point I needed to, to test myself a little bit. I was, was really comfortable being, um, you know, kind of a, a utility coach and, and doing a lot of recruiting, but I wanted to get a sense of, all right, what kind of impact can I have on the, the greater part of a program when, you know, it's, it's one of two voices. Um, so one of the, the really exciting things for me was, you know, when I started having conversations with our head coach, Kate, was, um, you know, framing things as a partnership. That was the framework she wanted to work from. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I really appreciated was she never viewed it as, hey, you're my assistant. You're just the assistant um, and getting to have, you know, uh, a big impact on, on a group. Um, so Kate and I have, you know, for the last six years, really partnered up on things and, and had a lot of, you know, conversations and discussions of, of how do we move things forward? And sometimes we agree, sometimes we have to have another conversation, but it's been, been really a joy to get to, to partner up with someone like that in, mm. in building, you know, a program up. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that's so important to be a part of for athletes, especially and for coaches, um, a coaching staff where no one cares who's getting the credit, but you guys are just working as a team and it's about the athletes. Right. Like I think most staff, even this is the same thing with club teams is the same thing at any level of sport. If you have coaches with egos that get in the way of, oh, this is my team. We're doing this my way. And like, you're going to, fa- you're going to fail and it's not mm-hmm. going to be what's best for the kids. Uh, ultimately our job as coaches is to serve the athletes in their best interests. And we're not the best at everything, right? Like somebody else is always better than us at something. And if we can work together, like I've heard it said, it is not 
being the best at everything. It's finding everyone who's the best at everything and bringing them together. Right. And so we can serve our athletes. So I love hearing your partnership with Kate and tell me a little bit about what that looks like. If you're an athlete coming into Brown, what does that look like working with multiple coaches? How do you guys collaborate? Is it athlete centered? What is that type of, what, how does that look? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing for us when somebody comes into our program is really trying to meet them where they are. Um, so a lot of that through the recruiting process, you get to learn a lot about someone, learn about their background. Um, I think ultimately you're trying to match up the experiences you've had as a coach, as a human, um, you know, with the experiences somebody has had in their own life and the experiences they're going through. Um, so for me, it's really not uh, experience good, bad, a lot, a little. It's like, all of it has to be valued. And then we meet someone where they're at, um, you know, from that point and try and figure out, all right, what things are going to work well, what's going to, you know, maybe uh, need to get thrown out. We don't, um, you know, really have too many concrete drills. We have a few foundational pieces we use for each stroke, but past that there's, you know, certain components and aspects that people do really well, or maybe it's a a gap they have and trying to figure out um, how do we fit, you know, the mold of what great swimming looks like uh, to that individual. Um, So we do split things up a little bit, um, just kind of on two ends of the spectrum. I work a little bit more on the longer end. Kate works a little bit more on the shorter end. Um, But over the course of a a given week, um, you know, everyone's going to work with with both of us. Um, So it's probably about a 60, 70 to 30, 40% type split that we look at. Um, But it's one of those things where if a coach uses uh, one different word or one small cue, that can be the moment that that things click for an athlete. So we don't shy away from, you know, having influence on, on, you know, anyone in any group. Um, but there are kind of those, those home bases of are you a little more on the, the longer end, a little more on the shorter end. And then there's a, a whole lot of collaboration in the middle. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And you guys, something that I think is, definitely unique i'm sure you encounter this a lot but brown being an ivy league school i think sometimes that can be intimidating for people because ivy league highly highly um renowned for academics and so super competitive to get into and you guys actually in this most recent graduating class um a couple of athletes who have been through the swim strong program lizzie washburn and matt williamson who are phenomenal people rave about brown and the coaching staff and what you guys are are doing and so it's amazing to hear those things and but i think a lot of times people are a little um fearful of talking to ivy league coaches because of the kind of status that they they have in people's minds i'm wondering if you could give some insight into that um people who maybe think oh i'm not sure if i'm good enough for an ivy league school or could keep up with my my classwork uh while being a swimmer because that's a huge commitment um what does that look like balance between school swimming and social life at an Ivy league school like Brown? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, for us here, we, we do try and stay away from, you know, using the term balance too much. Uh, I think, you know, with the nature of our, our sport and our um, what it takes um, you know, if you're up at 6am or in the water at 6am um, you know, your peers, your, your other you know, students are, are probably sleeping or, or maybe they woke up early to study, but you're in the water. So there is kind of this um, innate imbalance between, you know, doing things at a high level. Um, you know, you can't, you can't have everything, but mm-hmm. you can have, you know, things that you do incredibly well. 
Um, so putting school and swimming as those front two, um, those are going to kind of oscillate back and forth. There's times, right, when we're in midterms and if I have like a, a race pace practice plan for someone uh, and they're coming in off of two big exams, um, we, ne- we may need to modify with that. We may need to do something a little bit more low aerobic. Um, we can still get some work in, but we may not be hitting or going for pace that day, just kind of based on what's been on someone's plate. So that's something, you know, when, when folks come on deck, um, I think our job as coaches is to really try and read uh, where they're at and what they're bringing in, you know, from, from their day and from their life. Um, we view things as kind of talking about the sum of all stresses. Um, you know, when athletes come on deck, it's trying to evaluate, um, all right, what are they carrying today? Is there something you know, going on with family or friends? And, and what is, uh, you know, outside of school and swimming, the things they're, you know, kind of carrying inside that are either going to, you know, allow them to be great or, or might present some challenges in a given day. Mm. Um, so as we move through the season, there's times where, you know, we can lean more into swimming and times where, you know, academics have to be, you know, at the very, very top priority. Um, so like for us, when we, you know, get to Ivy championships, um, into NCAAs, it's, you know, you've put in all of this work for months and months and months, and and you deserve to get to have a couple of days where, you know, you're locked in on that outside of some, you know, wild circumstances where you, you have to take an exam on the road. Um, most of the time things, things can either happen before we leave or once we get back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think here at Brown, at least the professors, um, one are really passionate about what they do, which complements what we do. And then two, they really understand that, um, athletics here is a co-curricular. It's something that, that really adds to the experience and enhances, you know, what they can do post Brown. Um, there's so much to be learned from, from going through four years of this process, um, and the fact that, you know, the professors here see the value in that, place the value in that, um, allows us to have, you know, moments in time where we're swimming can become the number one. But there's also times where, yeah, and it's the majority of the time, academics are the number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's something that moves, um, you know, as we move through the year. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I love the way you're talking about that, not even necessarily referring to it as balance, but just the flow of of life at Brown and um, you addressed some really important things. I think that a lot of times people overlook the mental health side of things. You were talking about what have they, what type of stress have they been going through outside of the pool? What's going on in their life? And I may have to adjust my set based off of that. I think sometimes coaches can get into a spot where it's like, Hey, this is the plan I had and we're going to execute it because this is this is how we're going to get the most out of you. But I don't think that's true. I think knowing your athletes is super important. So I love the way that you put that. I'm wondering, where does that come from for you? Um, Is that something that you've always done as a coach? Is it something you've learned over time? Because I feel Mm -hmm. like that can be a little more rare. Yeah, I think I've been around, um, you know, as an athlete, as a young coach, a lot of uh, mentors who, who were planners, and that's definitely something that has, you know, rubbed off on me. I, I love to plan. I love to program and, and try and figure out how we're going to be the best um, or how is somebody going to be their best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I think as long as you have a plan and it's a really well thought out plan, you have that flexibility when things are in motion. Um, you know, if you're kind of, you know, flying by the seat of your pants, 
um, you know, you can't be as flexible. But when you have a, a set plan, you can look at things and say, hey, if we, you know, had to give up a little bit of yardage, a little bit of race pace this week, we can figure out a place in time to get that in. Um, you know, sometimes we're under tighter time constraints, you know, when you're getting into, you know, resting phases, uh, that can be a little more nuanced. But, you know, when we're looking at a full semester of work, um, and we're looking at the academic load, the, the life stress, um, you know, there's going to be points in time where if we had to make a little bit of a, a concession, we can, you know, lean in at a different point. And that's something, you know, with our athletes, um, we really try and communicate and let them know like, hey, this is a moment where we're making a concession. Where can we find a place where we can lean in um, and kind of make up a little bit of ground? I think it all doesn't have to happen in, in one practice. It all doesn't have to happen in one week. Um, you just have to have the plan and then you can be flexible from there. Hmm. Having that macro vision and then you can make micro adjustments as you go, depending on where the athlete is and, and knowing them. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and I think super beneficial for, for everyone and a lot less stressful for, for you and the athlete. Cause I'm sure it's frustrating too. If you're the, if you're super rigid with this is what we're going to do, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. where the athletes coming in at. It's going to be frustrating for you because they're not going to be performing the way you envision them performing. Right. And it's gonna be frustrating mm -hmm. for them because they're beat down in some way, shape or form that doesn't allow them to perform that at a high level. And, um, I think that's really, really important and really cool to hear and yeah. can you talk a little bit more about your guys's training philosophy maybe someone specifically in your group someone comes in um day one to brown university and um you know they come from a lot of different backgrounds a lot of different mm -hmm. stroke instruction a lot of different skill sets that they've learned from their club swimming experience what is it like what can an athlete expect day one if they're working with you coach nico um mm -hmm. from a swimming perspective yeah, definitely. So I, I do love I am. Uh, 4IM was, was my favorite event. I think yeah, I love it. whoever wins the 4IM, men, woman, you are the, the king or the queen of swimming. Uh, <laughs> that is the, the event that, that kind of sets it up, I think. So I, I love people who come in from a, a diverse background who have been you know, prepped for everything, at least on, on kind of my side of things with a little bit more endurance. Mm -hmm. um, in that side, we do tend to have... Um, Kind of two tracks there is a group that um pretty much exclusively stays on freestyle that is their stroke um we'll maybe put in a little backstroke little single arm fly things to like lengthen out um but primarily their training is going to happen um all with freestyle and they're looking at a range of events um that really is with freestyle i think what we set up really well is people being able to go three four five different freestyle events and have that range to maybe be a miler, but also end up on a eight free or a four free relay. Hmm. Um, I think that's something I've probably been you know, most proud of with our, our group over the years is just kind of that diversity to be able to go across a few different events. Um, on the IM side, um, you know, we're going to have folks who, who overlap with those, those endurance freestylers a little bit. Um, but with the IM group, we're going to have, um, you know, a few sets where we're, we're going for, you know, IM repeats, but a lot more where we're breaking down the pieces and, and looking at, all right, um, if it's a four IM, this hundred backstroke, how do I, you know, negative split it, but negative split it half a second to a second and a half. Um, that was something that this, this summer we were working on, uh, pretty heavily with one of our four IMers, uh, chasing her trials cut. Um, trying to set it up 
Um, not a two, two and a half second negative split, but, you know, trying to hone in on that detail of, all right, can I keep it in this tight window, but do what I'm already doing. Um, yeah. So trying to give athletes opportunities and workouts to, to replicate, you know, pieces of races. Um, sometimes that's going to look um, like race pace. Other times that's going to look like, um, you know, the details we want to hold on things. Um, so we'll do some, you know, it's um, kind of like a I am free type mix of maybe a four or 600 where it's on and off a 50, um, 50 stroke, 50 free. And there's going to be assignments within that where, you know, we're holding the things we want to see in a race for I am, uh, but it's not necessarily at race speeds. So we can hone in on those details and, and kind of the, the patterns and counts that, that we want to hold, um, even when we're in, you know, an aerobic phase of training. So that's um, some of the things we kind of hone in on with, with that group a bit. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing all that. And kind of on the other side of that, the supplemental side with the dry land, I think a lot of times people are scared coming into college of like, oh, what do I need to know? Um, what? are you looking for from day one or what, what can they expect day one coming into Brown from a dry land perspective, that progression, what do they need to know um, versus what is, you know, helpful for you guys that they're prepared for? What does that look like for a freshman setting foot onto campus? Yeah, definitely. So for us, you know, it really does start with meeting someone where they are. So we've had people come in at a, at a whole range of different backgrounds with, you know, dry land and strength training. Um, but what we set up with all of our first years is they work um, in a group um, of just first years to start. Um, so anyone new to the program is going to start uh, working with our strength coach, Coach Rob, um, and have a, a slightly different program to just kind of lay that foundation, make sure everything is technically sound before we start really adding any weight to things. Hmm. Um, so that group, um, people will progress at, at slightly different speeds. Um, some folks, it's maybe a couple weeks or a month. Other folks, um, you know, it may take two months or so to kind of progress into joining the, the rest of the team. Um, so Can we'll I jump start, in there and ask yeah. you, I want to just for every high schooler out there who's listening to this right now, you said when they come in, they use no weight and it's all technique focus, even if you've lifted a lot of weight before. 100%. So we'll go through the, the movement patterns first and foremost. Once we nail those, then we can add things to it. Hmm. Uh, but if we don't have the foundation, we're not going to put any, any more strain on things. And that's, that's similar to the water. Once, if we're not technically sound or if we're not in a place aerobically, um, you know, we're not going to add strain to things if we're, we're not there with the, the basics. That's awesome. That, yeah. I love that. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they come in thinking I need to be this amazing uh, power lifter or whatever they think is happening in college as if it's like this whole new uh, this whole new world of, of things that they need to be a professional weightlifter. And mm -hmm. it's it's refreshing to to hear that and to know that from a college perspective, nothing changes. It's technique, technique, technique. Yeah. And then when you're ready to add load, then you do that. But there's no there's no point in doing things that you aren't technically sound in, or right? there's no point in adding load to those things. So I think that's awesome. And that's something that we like to stress a lot with swim strong is make sure that we are technically correct, executing perfectly. And then yes, of course we can add load to different things, but there's so many different ways to get strong. There's so many different ways to improve your performance in the water, to prevent injury, to do things the right way. 
is so important. And when you don't skip steps and you do things the right way, you're going to be the best at swim athlete you could possibly be. Um, and I'm wondering, have you seen anything unique uh, about the swim strong, anybody who's come through the swim strong program, anything unique that you've noticed that maybe they've been well prepared for college? Yeah. Well, right now we have one, uh, very special human on our, on our roster and definitely the energy, uh, matches the program a hundred percent. I think on, you know, kind of the technical side of things, it's, you know, having some of those movement patterns already intact. Um, you know, just going through some of the foundational pieces already, um, you know, that allows someone to progress a little bit quicker into joining their upperclassmen peers. Um, so that's kind of what I've noticed on, on our end of things, but I'll definitely, uh, I'm going to need to check in with our strength coach and see if he's picking up on anything as well. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Love it. And that's something that's important to us as well is having these relationships with you guys so we can know, Hey, what, um, Brian, who does our programming came from a college strength and conditioning background and, um, we're now working with some college programs as well and helping with the programming. And so I think a big, a big passion of ours is making sure that the athletes who come to your program or any program are ready to go. So you don't have to work backwards and undo bad habits, but you can just continue to progress forward and coaching them rather than having to fix, fix things that were done incorrectly before. Um, so Anyway, I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. And yeah. what do you feel like is something unique about Brown? Like if someone is deciding between Brown and any other school, what's something you feel like is unique about Brown swimming? Yeah, I'd say maybe the word that best describes Brown is unique. Um, the way we go about things here is is truly different than, than other universities. So the, the academic structure that we have in place um, – doesn't match any of our peers. Um, it really is unique to Brown. So what it's called is the open curriculum. And, and as a coach, this is something that has since day one really resonated with me. So with the open curriculum, um, there are no general education requirements that you need to fulfill here at Brown. Hmm. So most other schools, my experience through college was you know, you have seven to 10 general areas yeah. that uh, end up with your degree. You have to fill some sort of math, some sort of science, a foreign language and English. And it's, you know, in some ways, very similar to high school where you, you have to cover all your bases yeah. and then you have, you know, the area you're focused on. Um, so here at Brown, that class time is the way I view it is given back to the, the student to decide how is this going to benefit me? What do I need? Um, so what you're going to have is what we call a concentration. Um, it's still the, the same idea as a major. It's your area of focus. Sometimes you, you go for two and you have two concentrations, mm. um, but that's going to be anywhere from you know, 10 to 15 of your classes. Um, and that's going to be you know, what you focus on, what you're most excited about, what you're passionate about. And that's where you're going to spend you know, the majority of your time. And then from there, you kind of branch out and think about, all right, what else is going to benefit me? What other classes do I actively want in my life? Mm -hmm. um, so as a coach, being you know, incredibly passion driven, being in this environment where you are actively choosing the classes that are on your plate in a, in a more powerful way than, than really anywhere else. Yeah, that's, um, awesome. that's something that, that carries through the whole campus. Um, so you're surrounded by people who are 
you know, energized all day long by the things they're doing in the classroom. Hmm. And then here they're, they're choosing to come swim still and, and they're choosing to come to practice. And that's something that, you know, for me really feeds on itself where, you know, if you're having a, a day where you might be running a little bit lower on, on energy or fuel, you're around this group of people, not just at the pool, but all over campus who are, are really amped about the things they're doing. Hmm. Um, so for me on a day where maybe I'm tired, maybe I didn't get a great night's sleep. Um, you know, I look around at our athletes and they, they can fill me up because they are, are driven by this passion that, that they're getting to choose what's, what's in their world right now. Um, so it's really a way to, to distinguish yourself as, as a unique student. No one's path looks exactly the same here. And, and no one's body of work, you know, through four years of undergrad at another school is going to match, you know, what you could do here at Brown in four years. Um, so that's really what, what sets apart the experience. It really is, you know, with the open curriculum, what makes Brown such a unique and special place to get to, you know, spend your, your four years of undergrad. I've, uh, I've wished that I had known about it and, <laughs> and could have gotten in. Uh, both of those I did not. Uh, but it would have been, um, you know, something that I would have loved. I think about my own college experience and yeah, I did way better in the, the classes in my majors than mm -hmm. I did in the astronomy <laughs> class that I had to take Right. Uh, because I felt like I have to do this yep. um, as opposed to, Hey, I get to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. And that framework is, is so important to opening up, um, maximizing potential really, you know, you gotta be excited about what you're doing. And in the open curriculum gives us, you know, this, this really unique and, and special framework to get to work from. That is cool. I love how you mentioned that what, if you're doing things that you love outside of swimming, then your swimming is going to be better too, because mm -hmm. you're energized by the things that you're doing. And I think that's true of everyone. Even when you get to your career path as a coach or a doctor or a lawyer, whatever you end up doing you have to love what you're doing or the rest of your life is going to suffer because of that. You're going to be so much more draining to do something you don't care about. Yeah. And that's something that, so actually fun fact, my wife went to Brown and oh, really? yeah, she was a gymnast there. So she was oh, an athlete cool. from Brown. And so a special place for Brown in my heart, yeah. obviously. And she told me about the open curriculum. I went to Purdue university, so mm -hmm. I didn't have anything like that, but um, but I love Purdue as well. And um, I thought that was so unique. I thought that was so interesting. And I actually felt like that's that makes a lot of sense. Like mm -hmm. pick, being able to have autonomy as a student to be able to do something you're passionate about and have your courses move towards that as opposed to things that you have these baseline mm -hmm. uh, curriculum that you have to do. And I just think that's really interesting and forward thinking. I don't think there's a lot of programs, colleges out there that have that type of setup. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I, I had never heard of it until my wife mentioned it. Yeah. And I just thought that was super unique. And I've always been a believer in do something that you're passionate about. So why not give college students the opportunity to start mm -hmm. that now, especially when they're in this phase of life, trying to figure out what they want to do with the rest of their lives. Yeah. I think that's really unique and interesting. Is it, do you ever find anybody get kind of lost in that though, on the flip side of things like, Oh wow. I, some people who like maybe need more direction mm -hmm. or do you feel like it's a good, more of just like really good for them to explore that? What are the, uh, mm -hmm. what's the other side of that? The challenges or ways yeah. that they grow through it. 
Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, kind of at the first piece, it's like, you know, through high school, you, you need to find a way to do well in everything. Um, but once you, you figure that out and whether you, you love it or you, you can't stand it and you find a way to be successful, there is a point where you need to think of, all right, how do I want to spend my time? How do I want to spend my life? And, and the only way you get there is by, by getting to make choices and getting to really be in the driver's seat of, of making decisions. Um, so, yeah, I think the flip side of it is, you know, first semester, second semester of freshman year, it can be a little overwhelming picking classes. Sure. Um, so what's really important here is that there is a, a really well uh, organized network of support to help guide you in that. Um, so for us, with our program specifically, every program here at Brown has a has a what we call a bear liaison, who is a, a professor here at Brown, who's partnered up with your program. Oh, cool. um, we're incredibly fortunate that that ours um, is actually one of our alums who swam here in the 90s. And Karen is now back as one of our engineering professors. Cool. Um, so she really gets the experience on, on all sides of it firsthand. So she's, you know, really that biggest piece in the support system of, of helping folks like, let's say, maybe you want to go pre-med and, and you love the sciences, but, you know, four labs in a semester, that, that's just not going to work. Uh, you can love it all you want, but, you know, if you have four labs and you're in bio, chem, and in a couple of other sciences, it's going to be a, a challenging load to manage. So helping folks, um, you know, spread things out. You have four years here. You have enough time to, to get everything you want. It all doesn't have to happen in a semester. So Karen's really one of our, our huge resources there. And then you have some, some other advisors in place. You're going to have, you know, one in your concentration uh, once you declare that, which you don't have to make any decisions on until that second semester of sophomore year. So you get plenty of time to, to kind of explore and figure things out before you have to lock yourself in. Um, and that being said, all of those classes you're taking do accumulate towards your degree. Um, so as long as you're taking classes, all of them add up towards graduating. So you do get that time to experiment and they all do uh, count. It's just no decisions need to be made on that concentration until, you know, you're into sophomore year towards the end of it. Um, gotcha. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome setup. And going back to a little bit of you personally, as we kind of wrap up here, I want to know what's your favorite thing about working at Brown? What are you like your best, uh, the best parts of your day to day or something that when you're like, I just the reason why I love coaching at mm -hmm. Brown is what would that be? Yeah. Um, so with it being year six, I've got to work with everyone, um, you know, through pretty early on in their process or their whole career here. So that for me has been something just more special than I could have imagined as a coach. Getting to see people from, you know, the start of things to the end of things has been, you know, just just incredible. Um, you know, here we're, you know, like I said, surrounded by, you know, a lot of passionate people, a lot of passionate coaches and professors. So that for me has been something that's just kind of pushed me even more as a, you know, as a coach to be, all right, how am I, you know, communicating things? How am I, um, you know, going about the day to day? So being around, you know, such, such high level thinkers, um, you know, has really pushed me um, to be the best version of myself. Um, and yeah, our team, they're pretty special. Um, I guess that's probably. I can see the passion coming out. I'm wondering as far as like your, team and how much they mean to you i see some pictures behind you are those like are those photos of your team or can you explain those 
Yeah, definitely. So this one uh, on this side here, um, I'm in our uh, our deck classroom now. So we just have some like pictures up of men's and women's swim and then our polo teams as well. But uh, this one is from Ivy's this last year. And um, we had three folks uh, go up in the A final, uh, the two free. Um, and a couple of them there are first years and then one's a sophomore. And they were just so amped after, um, you know, their race and getting all be together in that final and, and parading out. So it was a special moment of, you know, getting to celebrate each other in a, in a big year uh, of all being together at the end. They had, uh, you know, seen each other day to day, working hard and, and to get to be in that final together was really special for them. That's cool. That's a really yeah. cool thing. And t talking, you're kind of diving into a little bit of the team culture and celebrating one another. And can you give um, all the athletes out there just a little insight into the team culture of day to day if hey they're on this if they're on the swim team with brown mm -hmm. this is the environment you can expect yeah definitely i think you know for us here it really is a, a warm embrace as soon as you get to campus brown is, is super well welcoming the team is uh as well you know for me when i first got here um actually one of our divers had made me a painting and i was wow. kind of taken back i was like oh We've never talked. I'm, I'm not going to be coaching you, but, but you're really welcoming me into this community. Hmm. And that's something that each year our captains, I think, do a better and better job of. Um, and this year has been the best year of it. They, they viewed it as onboarding the first years, hmm. uh, kind of looked at it as a, a little bit of a business task of <laughs> you got to get them into the fold and get them uh, looped in on, on what we're doing. Um, so for us, it really is trying to, you know, help people feel like they're at home. I think you're going to have, you know, a home where your family is, but then this place can also be, you know, a really special home that you get to come back to, um, whether it's a swim meet an alumni weekend, um, you know, for us with our first years, it's, uh, how quickly can you make this home? Um, whether that takes a week for some who might be a little more extroverted, uh, <laughs> some who might be a little more introverted, you know, they're still, still feeling things out and, you know, they're settled, but I don't know if they'd say it's home yet, but our, our job as a team is to make it home as quickly as possible. And that's, that's awesome. something that the upperclassmen really, really take on their shoulders in a big way. Um, that's cool. I'm really proud of how they, uh, you know, welcome people into, to the community here. That's awesome. Important to make people because day one is usually the scariest as you come into a brand new place and your whole life is changing and you have if you have upperclassmen looking out for the underclassmen. How do we onboard you and get you into the fold, as you said, become a part of this family, feel comfortable and welcome here? That's that's pretty amazing. And not, not a lot of people will go out of their way to do things like that. And it, that, that should be more regular. But to hear that that's mm -hmm. a just a thought process that you guys have from day one uh, is pretty cool. And I'm sure reassuring to a lot of athletes out there who um, are looking for a college that has something like that. So um, I appreciate you taking the time to be on here. Coach Nico is amazing to get some more insight into your story and to hear about Brown swimming and diving and uh, you guys keep up the amazing work over there. It's pretty incredible. Thank you. Eric. I really appreciate it you as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Swim Strong Dryland podcast. If you'd like to be a part of the Swim Strong Dryland family, you can reach out to us via email or social media. You can also follow Swim Strong Dryland on YouTube and TikTok for more educational content.